1: The big argument that people have about masking is I have a right not to wear a mask and the government can't take away my right. You didn't have a right to walk down the street not wearing a mask. Where does that appear anywhere?
0: From Offscript Media, I am Matthew Zachary and this is... Is that a patience today? A frenetic bonus episode with my dear friend of thirty years, the always eclectic, impossibly talented, half Greek, half Italian, spitfire, no BS unicorn that is Ilura Nanos. As two fellow exasperated parents of young kids. We needed a COVID-19 venting session to outgass our egregious misgivings with the endless ignominious malfeasance on the part of the school systems to figure out what the hell is actually going on. Prepare to nod your head, fellow parents with school aged children, for what you are about to hear is as unfiltered and unscripted as it gets. Just wait for the part when we talk about Zoom banned and Zoom gym, and teachers wearing masks in the classrooms virtually with no kids in the classrooms. We also talk about if unicycles were banned in Minnesota, people would find a way to sneak them in from Wisconsin. But there's also a healthy serving of mask mandates, cultural biases, tribalism, and what's the use of science anyway? And a final nod to the fact that most Americans lack even the most basic understanding of what freedom actually means and that the government is allowed to infringe on your liberty anytime it wants. Enjoy the show. Elora Nanos, one of my oldest friends in the recorded history of Staten Island chronology, (laughs) dating back to the (laughs) 1980s, joining me back again here. For those listening, Elora was on episode two of my show when I convened some high school friends to bitch about getting older,
1: uh-huh. and
0: she's joining <laughs> us again.
1: And for, I'm even older now. Uh, yeah,
0: we are. I mean, I mean, we're in COVID years. How much older are we now than like we were in February? A million. Yeah, I'm it's,
1: literally a million now.
0: It's a million years old. It's 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 not like Paleozoic, Mesozoic, COVIDzoic.
1: <laughs> yes, that's Liter- what's happening.
0: I've, I've defined an eon, geologists. You're welcome. Yeah, please. You've been enduring with style as I have, and <laughs> a lot of our friends That's, have, and the, as best as possible.
1: Can I tell you, that is a spectacular way to put it enduring with style. Um, I cannot claim to always really have any good style, but I am certainly enduring. It's
0: like falling with style, except like when bad things are really, you're not trying to impress anyone, you're just dealing with being oh, under, yeah. under the weight of the planet burning. Literally. Yes,
1: that's exactly right. I'm just dealing with being is exactly how it's going, and it's, well, and it's. I read something once that really cracked me up, where somebody said, "Future future historians, when they're interviewing for jobs, the job interview question is going to be like, which quarter of 2020 did you specialize?" In? <laughs> and I'm like, and it's funny because it's like. We all started, you know. We started with the with the vacation canceling, and then we moved on to baking, like you know, stress baking. And then after we finally learned how to make bread, then we moved on to watching Tiger King together.
0: Oh my God, Tiger King!
1: Yeah, that seems like it was like a hundred years ago. That was, right? this, year, now, it? That it was, was this year, wasn't it? It was this year. But like now, we're all on the Cobra Kai part of 2020. But like. That you know, Then we had the George Floyd section and then after that, you know, then we had murder hornets and then after that we had something else. And then we had hurricanes and it's like, like – but it's like we're all collectively doing this shit show together. And now we're in – I don't know if, if you're in the exact same portion, but I am in parents stampeding the school districts because they don't like the plans that the school districts have laid out. So it's like every day is like some new fuckery that that I wake up to.
0: No, we're we're totally laid into the school is starting this week and they have the bus contracts, or oh, wait, they don't have they the don't. bus contracts, or the school's been cleaned, or wait, the school hasn't been hasn't cleaned. Been cleaned. Yes, or yes, or you can come to school or you can't come to school.
1: <laughs> yes, and, yes, that is where we are as yeah. well. So you're in New York, right, where where they just delayed your opening so that everybody could, like, figure their shit out. I got to um,
0: tell you. All right. So let's go back to AP Bio and the Punnett Square. Yeah. That's pretty much. <laughs> your child
1: will have blue yes. eyes yeah. and they'll go to school.
0: <laughs> so it's like a Punnett Square meets a Venn diagram dumped on shit in a pile of shit, deep fried in <laughs> <and> shit. That's <laughs> yeah. what's happening in New York and I presume most other places around the country.
1: Well, it's a little different where I am. Because in New York, they just delayed it and they were like, we'll tell you what's going on. So you're still in that like interim, we're figuring it out sort of period. So where I am in New Jersey is um, each district is deciding for itself what to do. So some districts are back in a hybrid format. Some are totally remote. I live in a pretty large district. So they told us in August that we, in fact, would be going back. And then every parent had to decide whether their child was going full remote or hybrid. So that was, of course, like extremely stressful for a couple of weeks because it was now up to the parents to decide which would be the better of two evils. Having no data to support, either having choice. no data, right? But we were like, okay. So everyone hated having to make the choice. It was extremely stressful, and you know, we all made it, and that we all tried to kind of comfort each other into feeling good about the choice we'd made. And then once we finally understood what the hell was going on between this cohort and that cohort, and this group and Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, Friday, and like whatever the fuck it was, that as soon as we got that down. The teachers union put some pressure on the school district and said that they didn't feel comfortable going back, which I completely understand. And then the district decided, never mind, we're not having hybrid school. We're only having online school. So everyone had already like bought their school supplies and bought their backpacks and told their kids what to expect. And the kids went to orientation and learned their way around the school. And then they were like, never mind. We're, we're not
0: <laughs> Never mind. But,
1: but, and, then, and then what ensued after that was like comedy because it was like two weeks of every day getting 75 emails from the school district that conflicted with one another. So in, you know, at 9 a.m., they would be like, okay, you're going to school. Like, this is the Monday schedule, but Tuesday is going to be different. And then like, at noon, they would say, no, that's not really what the schedule is going to be. Please disregard that email. So it got to the point that if we were looking at emails, we had to always look at the timestamp to make sure it was the most recent email about what the hell My was happening. God. Oh, it's, it's completely absurd.
0: Well, here in New York, the teacher union was threatening to strike, and I think they're still threatening to strike.
1: I, mean, who, I don't blame them at all. I get you, it. You they have, have to have own it, though.
0: But New York City's—it's got—it's a unique city. You know, this isn't <laughs> like comparing it to—I mean, forget the suburbs. It's not Boston. It's not right. DC. It's not California. No. There's, it's,
1: there's New York, and then there's the whole rest of the world.
0: Right. These five boroughs. And I I think you and I, from our perspective, I mean, I mean, your kids are a little older than mine, but to the extent that this is maybe not necessarily a sixth grade and above conversation, this is a elementary school conversation through the lens of the nuances of adolescent growth and planning because of babysitting. If you have that in-laws watching your kids and (laughs) burping, vomiting diapers, right? So yeah. I'm going to go out on the limb and we'll see who responds to this and say that middle school and up is in definitely better shape given the shit show of uncertainty as opposed to parents with children in fifth and under.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I definitely agree with that. So I have a sixth grader who, you know, a kid who just started middle school, who's trying to, understand what the hell middle school is about through a computer screen. So that's like its own craziness, but it's de- and I have a high schooler. High schooler no problem. I mean, it's not great, it's not ideal, but it's also not a total mess. Middle school is more of a mess and elementary school is the hottest of messes. And you know, of course that's just I had the the pleasure of witnessing my kindergarten niece trying to do online school one day and it was like not believable. I literally almost ordered her kindergarten teacher a bottle of scotch immediately. (laughs) Because, I mean, the teacher was trying hard. The students were trying hard. The parents that were helping were trying hard. Everyone was trying their damnedest, and it was still a wreck. And I'm sure it will get better, but it was a lot. But I'll tell you, I have to tell you, Matt, this experience I had today, because it was like 2020 in such a tiny, tiny, tiny nutshell. So- my daughter was – my daughter, who is usually really, really easygoing, was having a moment where she just did not want to do what was required of her for school. So I said, you have to log on to that class. It starts at 1.30. And she was like, I'm not doing it. So I, said, yeah, and
0: then I, I said, I'm not, she goes, I'm not
1: it. She's like, I'm not going – I said, yes, you are. You're totally logging on. I was, but then when I tried to force her, I had no idea how to actually log on. Like, I didn't know how to find where she was supposed to log Tech called your bluff.
0: The tech called your bluff. I love it. She
1: totally called my bluff. She's like, what are you going to do? Like, you can't make me log on to it. You literally don't know how to do it. And I was like, shit.
0: Yep. (laughs) This is parenting in COVID land. My goodness.
1: Yeah, no, it's good. It's it's great.
0: <laughs> so, so I mean, people are going to throw this episode up as a bonus show because I think this is just a nodding heads. What the hell's going on, parent to parent, Gen X with people and kids and oh my god, it's like this is the the zephyr in the hurricane inside the the Sharknado. That's what this show yeah. is basically. No, it is.
1: It is. It's a wreck.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so my my audience knows I have twins, a boy and a girl. they're, in, they're starting whatever the fuck virtual fifth grade is <laughs> yeah. in Brooklyn right now. And and, you know they offered the parents in our district the same thing. It was um, uh, your home for good, with no chance to change your mind, or your hybrid, and we have no idea what days your kids are coming in.
1: (laughs) Oh, wait, we do. Oh, wait, we do. Good luck to you. Right, good luck to you. Let Let me know how it turns out. Yeah,
0: exactly. So just, just again, like I want the nodding heads because it's just so inane. Is they're they're home four days a week, and then they go in every Friday. So at least we know Friday is the day. Which we, is the
1: worst day if you're going to pick one day? Why I know it be Friday and be, screw up your weekend because they oh, because
0: tough. they hate everybody. That's why it's conscious choice. Right. Matt, you are going <laughs> to suffer the most by your kids going to school on Friday. So yes, right.
1: Shabbat shalom. Have a good
0: one. <laughs> <laughs> Damn straight. So yeah. So we don't have to return our backpacks or our pens or our rulers. But then they just decided that oh, by the way, every other week they're also going to go to school on Monday and or Tuesday.
1: You're lying. It's so, not even the same schedule week
0: to week. No, it's not. It's like what it, could it's go like, wrong? It's like Friday they're in. And then the next week it's like Monday <laughs> and Friday they're in. And the next week it's Tuesday and Friday they're in. And
1: can I have, tell you something? So I I got <laughs> I really so that's like ridiculous. My head
0: hurts just thinking about now, thinking about it.
1: I got an email from my kid's band teacher explaining the schedule, like they're doing band like i don't know virtual band and, wait and, zoom you know, band they're doing zoom band and the teacher sent out a schedule like if you're in band it's this time if you're in chorus it's this time uh, you know if you're in orchestra it's this other time but the way the email was written was clearly not by someone who is familiar with how to write emails
0: because <laughs> couldn't. Be- no, someone without opposable thumbs basically
1: i i, I like When I tell you I I legitimately had to read the email 20 times to understand what it was saying, and I ended up having to read it the way you read read parking signs in Manhattan, (laughs) where, like, you start at the beginning and you have to say it slowly out loud and, like, digest each one. Like, no parking, Monday through Wednesday. Okay, that's not now. Next. No parking after 2 p.m. Okay. Like, that's right, literally right, right. the way I had to read this.
0: <laughs> I can't imagine you being able to even digest that, to, to say the least. But how, how does Zoom band work?
1: Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, right now, it's just a promise that Zoom band will be working. Um, from what I know from... You know, I'm the president of a symphony orchestra, and because, from what I know, because
0: hashtag Alirinanos,
1: <laughs> yeah, because which is that's been its own shit show, also, um, <laughs> because you know, it, although it seems very clever online to, uh, you know, to do these these Zoom performances, it's not as easy as it looks. It requires a lot of sound engineering, and Zoom ha- operates on a little bit of a delay, so you really can't play music that way. Um, so, it, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot.
0: Is that like Zoom gym or something?
1: Oh, my God. Have you have your kids done Zoom, gym yet? Because it is funny.
0: No, no. Their virtual school, just for the record. So we're taping this on what the hell is today? We're taping this September on Monday, 14th. September 14th. I'm going to throw this up on probably Wednesday or Friday this week as a bonus. But their virtual school starts this Wednesday. And, and we don't even know what their schedule is yet, given that it's all virtual this week. even well, though, So just... they're not going in this Friday, although they go on every Friday, except this I... Friday.
1: Let me just tell you a couple of things that are fun to expect. Um, yeah, Zoom Gym is pretty comical because um, like you'll see your kid like, with the headphones on jumping up and down, and that is, it's priceless really. Also, be prepared for your kids to create like, a control center in their room. So I walked into my daughter's room. She's, she's 11. She's in the sixth grade. And I go in, and she's got the laptop open to Zoom in her math class. And then she's got like the electronic version of Passing Notes where she has her best friend on FaceTime on her phone on one side of her and her other friends on, on some other video conference on her iPad on the other side of her. So I go in and she's like there like in like NASA. And she's like – she gives me like the one finger up like I'm busy, right? <laughs> oh, my god. You know, We've gotten to the point where the only communications that I get from my kids during the day from 25 feet away is for them to text me and just write snacks refill snacks refill
0: i don't know if you're like a south park person but there was one episode where they totally made fun of world of warcraft and the three of them because kenny was dead in one of these episodes kenny died at some point never came back but there's an episode where the three of them are down in the basement like vying to win against this other guy who's like fat and 50 been playing for 10 years straight never left his bedroom so they go (laughs) downstairs in
1: training to do that
0: yeah so the three of them were downstairs in their basement they stopped going to school they stopped going to the bathroom the mom comes downstairs just to collect their shit that they dump, and it's like diarrhea and, and she comes down with the bucket yes Eric okay and they're playing World of Warcraft that's what that reminds me of
1: yeah that's that sounds pretty much exactly what it's like and I'm like how did this happen and I'm somehow their servant and I'm one step away from installing a fucking dumb waiter to just send up like Milano cookies up there you
0: need Rosie the robot I
1: can't I can't I'm exhausted by it
0: all. Right. So one other, as long as we're on the inane nonsense crap of the conversation, I'll I'll wrap up this half by just talking about how my kids, as twins, we chose to have them in separate classrooms for obvious reasons. We had the option, the school had two classrooms, so Kobe in this one, Hannah in this one. So things go virtual, and we asked, wouldn't it be nice if they could be in the same virtual classroom?
1: Yeah, I mean that nope. would make
0: sense. Uh-uh, no, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no. Nope, nope. So we—they only have one device. They each have an iPad, and that's all they can use. And they're crappy old iPads that actually somehow work. So, oh, did you?
1: Do you have to use your own devices in your school district?
0: Yes, I mean. They will ship you a Chromebook if you ask. I don't know how. All of a sudden, they cry poverty for years, and then oh look, a million Chromebooks free for everyone. How <laughs> yeah. did this happen? Yeah. I, they
1: handed out Chromebooks in my you know I live in like you know typical suburban neighborhood. So they had apparently unlimited Chromebooks, and they now also have unlimited school lunches. So because I guess the district had a contract with the food provider, and they have to make good on the contract. So the high school is making like a bajillion sandwiches every day. And the school district is emailing us like, hey, can you please come pick up a meatball sub for your kids? Because we have all these like extra sandwiches and we got to use them up. And I sort of feel like is this really what we're doing. Like now I have to take a break from my fucking Zoom freaking school and get in the car and drive to the school where I'm not supposed to be because it's not safe and go pick up a sandwich to give it to my kids so that some other kid doesn't get like I don't understand it at all.
0: Back with our guest after the break. So let's get a little less curmudgeon perhaps, shall we say? I'll, I'll, I'll endeavor. <laughs> we shall endeavor to be less curmudgeon What have you seen as the, I guess, the most intriguing, unexpected life hacks you've had to make being quarantined and now being, you know, the mall is opening. How is that happening? What are you, what are you doing to protect yourself? You didn't have it. Your family's been safe, thankfully not, with your folks. Where are you at in terms of risk and... Clearly, you're a science person, but not wanting to bash someone over the head on the street for, you know, spitting on other people or something.
1: Right. So um, I I live in, I guess, what's like sort of a medium risk area. New Jersey is doing really well right now, but I live in southern New Jersey, which is doing not as well. Um, However, my immediate community is very, very safe. And um, in terms of their practices and very sort of conservative in terms of how they're approaching the virus, uh, you know, liberal politically, conservative in the, the way that they live right now with the virus. And so uh, so it's kind of like, you know, high risk, but low risk, but high risk, but low risk. So it kind of adds up to a medium risk, I think, for me.
0: Balance, um, the balance.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. I, I don't feel, you know, terrified to walk out of my house, but we're essentially seeing the same, I don't know, 15 or 20 people. All the time, and everyone that I know is really extremely responsible in terms of masking and hygiene habits and all that. Um, we were lucky enough to spend uh, the entire summer outdoors. We belong to a pool club where we got to hang out with our friends outside the whole time. We've been very lucky in that way. But what's funny to me is um, you know, you've known me for a long time, so you know that I am. I'm there in terms of mental stuff. Like I'm a mental person and I'm an inside girl and I am not a physical person. Like that's not who I am. I wish I were more physical, but that's not really like I'm not an athlete. You know, if, if you give me a book to read, I'll read it. But if you give me like a sport to play, I will fuck it up. So, so one of the fun things about quarantine for me is that there were times that I, I just had to get out of my house to be sane, uh, especially in the spring when people were really afraid. So I was like, there's literally nothing I can do. So I can go for a walk. That's the only thing I'm allowed to do. So I did it and I ended up eventually walking with friends because it was sort of the only okay social activity to do because we stood far apart and we walked outside. And it turned into this kind of walking club that we have where we now walk 10 miles every weekend. And it turned into more. We started really working out a lot together because again, it was something we could do outside. We started avidly kayaking a couple times a week. So that's been really fun. And it's like, oh- I'm outdoorsy now. Look at that.
0: (laughs) When you started that sentence, I thought you were going to say you started walking and then you went up in like Bangor, Maine by the Atlantic, like Forrest Gump or something.
1: If I thought that was reasonable, I certainly would have done it. I have to tell you. Like, how'd
0: I get here? And poof, Santa Monica Pier. How'd I get here? (laughs)
1: Like, I definitely said to people, like, look, if this virus isn't like contained by Christmas, I'm going to walk out my front door and pull a Virginia Woolf and just walk straight (laughs) off the shore. Right? Like,
0: Damn straight.
1: Yeah. Like, because it's been a lot.
0: Yeah. I, I mean... People know my show isn't terribly political. And I think what just frustrates me the most is that, you know, you mentioned Southern Jersey has a different mixture of perhaps blue and red. And I hate to even use those colors because it's just so binary. But the direct correlation between wearing masks and not wearing masks as data sets is so self evident. You probably saw a couple of weeks ago that Ohio finally put in a mask mandate and their numbers went down like like a stone dropping through air. And you you got to think that that's got to be a good thing to have. But do you have any sense, you know, because you wear lots of hats and even the attorney hat, which is the best hat you you wear all the time, of, of what drives people's sort of cultural and uh, decision biases the most?
1: I think I'll tell you, you know, I do – A lot of um, legal, political analysis and writing, and I'm something of a rabble rouser. Um, But you know, I'll tell you. But I'm I'm really interested in in what makes people make the kind of choices that they do, and you know, and it's you know sometimes with regard to politics, but sometimes with regard to just other things like masking. And in my mind, what I see is that people are so have such allegiance to their team that they will do anything for that team, whether or not it makes sense. So I actually think that when it comes to the issue of masking, um, because it is closely tied with science and because anti-masking is so closely kind of tied to, you know, Trumpism and, and, you know, the current version of we don't trust the government to take away our rights and all of that nonsense. I think that most people are making their decision about whether or not to wear masks, not based on what they think about masking, but rather what they think their team thinks about masking.
0: So it's, so, it's just too tribal.
1: I mean, I, is it too tribal? I don't know, because you know what? Like, I'm on team, I'm going to pay attention to science, and that seems to be working pretty well. You know, I mean, I think that there are a lot of people that do things based on what common sense dictates and what, you know, at some point we have to rely on experts. And if you're someone who trusts Experts, you know, credited experts, then you're going to do what they tell you. And if you're someone who thinks you always know better, then that's what you're going to do. And I, I I don't know that there's a lot of thought on it, on the real micro level. I think it's sort of like, well, everyone I, everyone I respect is doing this. So I'm going to do that too. Versus everyone I respect is stamping their feet about this. So I'm going to do that too.
0: So again, with your attorney, I mean, your job is to see both sides and present an argument Mm -hmm. that, which you do better than anyone I know. And, you know, if you had told me when I met you in like ninth grade, you're going to be an attorney, like, yep, you're going to be an attorney. <laughs> you're 13 and you're going to be an attorney. Right? <laughs> but God, that's so bad. <laughs> it's it's just so fitting. Like shout out to our friend, Matt Marino, who's like, I'm going to be a lawyer. Like you're going to be a lawyer too. Yep, like we just yep. knew it out of the bat. Your, your DNA is yep. right there. You're baked. So, you know, how do you create the framework for an argument in a situation where there's such a. Conscious disappreciation for data.
1: Um, yeah. You know, the thing is, I know which things not to try about, you know, not to try to make an argument for or against, you know, so like, for example, you know, the big argument that people have a, about masking, for example, is, uh, you know, I have a right not to wear a mask and the government can't take away my rights. Is that and it's true? not about data. Is that true? No, it's not true. Like, none of it's true. Like, so I kind of feel like, what the hell are you talking about? You know, if the government can absolutely take away your right to do something or not to do something, but but the, the legal rule is that depending on which right we're talking about, the government needs to have a good reason. And then the way that they've gone about interfering with your right has to be tailored to achieving whatever that reason is. So by the way, you didn't have a right to wear a mask in the first place. So shut it. You know, like in order to not wear a mask. You didn't have a right to walk down the street not wearing a mask. Where does that appear anywhere? So people have this very convoluted idea of what freedom means. And it's largely influenced by their own fantasies of what they think it means and or what they wish it meant.
0: The laws in the Constitution and the Bill of Rights are things the government can't do,
1: not That's things right. you can't do. Exactly. Exactly. The framers of of the Constitution were there to make sure that the government was not overly intrusive, meaning that you didn't get arrested for doing things like speaking out against the government. Like No one ever thought that you were just allowed to do whatever you want in whatever way you want, whenever you felt like doing it, and consequences be damned. Because if that were really the case, then that would be called anarchy, and we wouldn't have any laws, and nothing would be illegal, and you could just do whatever the hell you want. Right. And, and it's kind of like, you know, when you're a kid and you would get into a fight and you would say, This is a free country. Like, there are some people that have never actually graduated from that understanding of what it means.
0: All right. So let's break that down. Let, let, let's do a one on one because I understand this. But I think when I explain it to myself in my head on the air <laughs> with someone who understands it, it makes a little more sense to me. So, in general, let's say there was no COVID, you have a right to ride a unicycle anytime you want, as long as you don't do something stupid like on a highway.
1: Right. I mean maybe unless your unless your state has made it illegal to ride a unicycle.
0: All right. So for some reason if there's a state where it is legal to ride a unicycle. Yeah. Which I would assume is most of the states. And you ride a unicycle, that's fine. At what point do you do something where riding that unicycle becomes illegal?
1: Well, here's the thing, right? The way the the analogy here, if you're using that analogy, like hey, doesn't everybody have a right to ride a unicycle? Well, yeah, they do, unless there's a law against it. And then the question is, what if a state tried to make a law prohibiting riding a, un- riding a unicycle? Would, they be a- would the state be allowed to do that? And the answer to that is, yeah, they would, as long as that law is enforced equally among everybody. And if you know Minnesota wanted to make it illegal to ride a unicycle, they could. And then if some individual really, really, really wanted to ride a unicycle and then started a lawsuit saying the Minnesota law is unconstitutional, they'd have to say, this law interferes with my liberty so much that it's unconstitutional. And then Minnesota would come back and say, well, actually, we had this really good reason for why we prohibited this. And you know, it's a safety issue. And the law is narrowly tailored to achieve that safety issue. Therefore, the law stands. Therefore, the unicycled rider is shit out of luck. Right. And th- that's the same way that the masks go, right? Like, absent a law, sure, you're allowed to do it. Once they make a law, you can challenge that law. If, and, you know, maybe a court would decide in your favor. But until there's a successful challenge to the law, you got to obey it.
0: But is a mask mandate a law or is it a recommendation?
1: Well, it depends because, like, in New Jersey, I believe it, it the mask mandate is via executive order, which has the force of law.
0: I see. So it is enforceable and yet... Who's going to police that?
1: The mask mandate? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Here's how it, how it ends up becoming like, this is how it becomes enforced. The, the teachers in my kid's school, I mean, if this is not completely over the top, I don't know what is. The teachers were teaching remotely via Zoom while wearing masks. So that, picture it. The math teacher is alone in the classroom. No one else is there. None of the kids are in school. The teacher is teaching on a video conference. The teacher's wearing a mask. So now the kids on the other end of the video conference can't even really see the teacher's face.
0: Why? Is that a dumb question?
1: Right. And the answer is because they're working in a public building and they're certainly not going to show a public employee working in a public building, breaking the law. Because the law says, if you're indoors, you know, the executive order says, if you're indoors, you need to wear a mask. So you couldn't have all the teachers just blatantly violating the state law. So they had to comply with it, and this is how they did it. Now, they did eventually realize that this is idiotic, so they kind of made it addendum to that executive order, and they got special permission to teach without the mask. So yes, that's good. But um, but the way that it gets enforced is exactly that way, that you end up saying, well, you can't have mass flouting of a law, like, for example, all public employees. And if they did, you know, they could get fined or... You know, depending on what type of a regulation it is, they could get some other consequence. Um, I don't think they could be like arrested or anything for it, but there there certainly could be consequences.
0: Okay, so therefore, by some law of logic that I forget, whether it's modus (laughs) tollens or something like that, no (laughs) idea what the hell it is.
1: (laughs) Are you going to start talking about modus
0: tollens? (laughs) I I don't know modus tollens. (laughs) Google it, people. Modus tollens. So (sighs) it's a
1: tautology. Okay.
0: (laughs) If, If there's a state executive order from a governor to wear masks and then people complain, you know, it's an infringement on my liberty to force me to wear a mask. They're right. It is an infringement on the liberty and they have to follow the law.
1: Right? Like everything is an infringement of your liberty, everything, speed limits, infringement of your liberty, contracting regulations, infringement of your liberty, criminal law, infringement of your liberty. We're allowed, the government is allowed to infringe on your liberty. It's not unlimited. But there are legal rules for how those infringements have to be done. So, for example, if the governor made that same executive order that mandated those same wearing of masks, but they were doing it absent a pandemic, they were doing it just because they, you know, they had stock in a mask manufacturer, that wouldn't fly. Whereas doing it in the context of a pandemic where you know, respiratory droplets have been deemed to spread it, yeah, then that makes sense. So it's you know, tailored to do what it's trying to accomplish. So the
0: response to the people that say, this infringes on my liberty, you say, damn right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so is welcome to the world of law. Your liberty is not, you know, your liberty is not unlimited. Good night.
0: I don't know how to end the show now. <laughs> Ilura Nanos, attorney, kayaker, <laughs> Tottenville High School graduate, piccoloist, orchestra, symphony person, Disgruntled gov- government can infringe on your life. Person, is that good enough? Yeah, sure, that works. Thanks for coming on. Out of patience.
1: <sighs> oh, thanks, Matt. See you soon. That's all for today, folks. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, follow us on social, and tell all your friends to listen. Out of patience with Matthew Zachary is a product of Offscript Media.